Get 15% off the fullest entire product line with code the fullest podcast at checkout. One of the main ingredients in our product line, saffron, has been proven over and over again in clinical double blind placebo trials to be an effective form of treatment for depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Saffron has been used by many cultures for thousands of years for these purposes, and now the research is here to finally back it up, proving that plant medicines and ancient healing practices can actually be an effective alternative to pharmaceuticals. From caffeine-free latte powders to saffron baths and capsules, there's something for any modern woman looking for ancient healing. Again, that's code the fullest podcast at checkout for 15% off. I hope you enjoy your new daily saffron ritual. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and today's guest is Dr. Ryan Monahan, who practices functional medicine and Eastern medicine here in Los Angeles, California. Dr. Ryan completed his master's and doctoral degree of Eastern medicine, magna cum laude at Emperor's College in Santa Monica, and he completed his functional medicine training with both the Institute for Functional Medicine and the Kresser Institute for Functional and Evolutionary Medicine. Hi, Dr. Ryan. Hi. Thanks for joining us. I know we've um, connected before and we have our IG live if anyone's interested in listening to that as well, where we covered thyroid health and the fact that there's no like one size fits all approach to medicine. And I am a huge fan of yours. Like I've said in the past, I, I love your approach to healing and I'm just really excited to have you on. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm really happy to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so I really want to talk with you about detoxing. It's, you know, the beginning of the year. And a lot of times this is the time where people take inventory of themselves and they jump into maybe cleansing and more extreme dieting. And, you know, we're we're not into dieting here at the fullest, but we are interested in lifestyle changes that are going to help people in the long run. And sometimes that is considered more extreme, but I, I'm all about the little changes that can support us in living our fullest lives. But I'd love for you to share with us what detoxing is, because it could be pretty easy for someone to get into detox mode, but not be ready for it. So can you share with us a little bit about that? And then And along with that, maybe afterwards, we'll talk about those drainage pathways as well. Yeah, it's a great time of year to discuss that. Like you said, it's, you know, the new year and everyone has their resolutions here in January to uh, get healthy. And that's a wonderful intention. And I definitely support that. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of talk about detoxing and and what does that look like? And you, you pointed out things like, juice cleanses and fasting and things like that. So those are kind of the more, I would say, trendy, easily accessible type things that people default to. But it's certainly not what I think of when I think of detoxing and, you know, opening drainage pathways and and clearing out the body and and making space. I, I think of I think of that in a really different way. I think of, you know, where does detoxification take place in the body detox and elimination takes place in the liver the lungs the lymphatic system the gut the skin the kidney 
and and how do these work right so for example the liver i think that's the first place people think of when they think about detox right like your liver detoxifies um on your body and how does that work i think a lot of people in my experience don't really understand how that process works because i'll talk about eating beef liver because it's really healthy and then people will say things like but isn't it full of toxins so your your liver is not a storage receptacle for toxins it doesn't just collect toxins for the you know entirety of your life and just sequester them and, and keep them in, in there they actually get transformed and excreted throughout your body so uh how does that work it's a, it's a transformation process right so you utilize nutrients in the liver to actually detoxify things like amino acids b vitamins antioxidants glutathione n-acetylcysteine which is a precursor to glutathione. These are all nutrients that you get from like your diet, for instance, or supplements. And that's what really helps your liver detoxify and transform and clear toxins out of your body. So uh, you, you can eat liver, right? Like beef liver, and it's not full of toxins. It's actually full of all these nutrients because your body is shunting all these nutrients to the liver when you consume them to help detoxify. So you ask like, how do I detoxify? One thing you wanna do is, is make sure you're consuming a really nutrient dense diet and potentially even on top of that, taking supplements. In this way, you'll provide the liver all these nutrients that it requires to actually detoxify. And then beyond the liver, it's not always just what can you do, what can you add to your routine or your life. It, oftentimes, if you want to go through a real detox, the key part of that is taking out the toxins you're putting into your body every day. Most people don't necessarily do that. They just want to know what supplement they can take or what juice cleanse they can sign up for for a week, you know, or, or like how they can, you know, go through a fast and just kind of starve themselves. I find most people aren't removing the things that are toxifying them in the first place, right? So that's uh, a long list of things. Alcohol is certainly at the top and a lot of people do like a dry January or something, that's great. Uh, but taking out other things that are toxifying to the body, certainly um, any chemicals and, and products that you're using, cleaning supplies or, or uh, foods that you're consuming, and then cleaning up your diet, right? Taking out all the inflammatory stuff gluten, grains, dairy, sugar, uh, vegetable oils, processed packaged foods, things like that. Cleaning up your life in terms of your, your boundaries and, and who you're hanging out with and where your attention is going, right? So really trying to clear out toxic you know, people or activities or habits or, or routines, things like that. So that's, that's kind of a, a quick overview on, on some of my views on, on detox and uh, what people can do. Some compounds if you want to support the liver, like I mentioned before, uh, some of those uh, nutrients, amino acids, B vitamins, antioxidants, glutathione, N-acetylcysteine. Um, but then beyond that, cruciferous vegetables, eating cruciferous vegetables like Brussels sprouts and kale and cabbage, there's a long list of these. Those actually uh, are full of nutrients that your liver uses to detoxify. Compounds like milk thistle, dandelion, artichoke, schisandra, bilberry, all those things are really good for detoxification as well. So when um, you say beef liver is really good, you're saying that that encompasses like those nutrients that you were talking about naturally, like instead of maybe going and getting an IV of glutathione or taking NAC, if you take beef liver, that would have that in it? Absolutely. Beef liver is uh, nature's multivitamin. It has 
more nutrients in, in every bite than any other food. So if you're talking about like bang for your buck, it's beef liver. I mean, first of all, it's really cheap. If you buy it somewhere like at a butcher, it's like a dollar or two for a piece. So it's really, it's really cheap, but it also has more nutrients in it than any other food is the most, most nutrient dense food on the planet. And it has all those essential um, nutrients, B vitamins, amino acids, things like that, that your, your liver uses to, do, to detoxify because there's this old kind of ancestral wisdom, like for like, where you, you eat the thing that you want to support, right? So if you want to support your own liver, which detoxifies, you, you would eat beef liver, for example, because it's full of the things that your liver uses to do its job. So yeah, consuming high quality, well-sourced beef liver, um, periodically, you don't have to do it every day, maybe one or two or three or four times a month would be enough. Um, wow. we'll really give you, yeah, yeah, it's like a medicine, right? It's not necessarily this like snack you have all the time. Yeah. I, I view it more as like a medicine that you take, you know, one to four times a month to really support your health. And so it's that you're saying that in the form of like actually eating it from butcher, getting it from butcher, cooking it, not necessarily in, um, encapsulated beef liver, right? Or like if you were going to do encapsulated, how you would take it daily? Yeah, exactly. You can do it any approach. It's kind of beginner, intermediate and advanced, right? So advanced would be going to the butcher, buying the liver, bringing it home, cooking it and eating it. And that is great. That's the that's the strongest, most potent form. Yeah. The moderate approach would be uh, things like beef liver crisps. You can you can get somebody like Carnivore Aurelius or there's other people out there that make beef liver crisps where it it's already kind of dried out and, and you just open up the package and eat it. It's super convenient and easy. And then the beginner approach would be more like the encapsulated desiccated beef liver. That is a little um, less potent, right? And so you'd, you'd be taking those every single day. So, you know, some people it's easier to take a few capsules every day. Some people it's easier just to eat it once or twice a month. So it's whatever, whatever appeals to you. Okay. Oh my, yeah, I've taken beef liver, especially when I was pregnant, but I'm always... Just, you know, it's a little much to think about coming from like a very strong plant based background where I'm not vegan anymore. But I love that approach. Like I eat meat maybe a couple times a month. My dad will make me like kebab because we're Persian. So Persian people love eating like liver, cow tongue, like all the things. So they're all just like really confused about me. But it's definitely something that I've considered um, incorporating. But now that I'm especially trying to go more the ancestral route than just going and getting an IV of those things, I think it just makes more sense for how I view things. And um, it's more natural. So I love that you shared that information with us. And I used to have a thyroid condition. And so I'm in remission. So I don't have Hashimoto's anymore. But at the time, my doctor like jump started my um, journey with nature thyroid, which is the same idea, right? Taking that pig's thyroid, right? And then yeah, that's absolutely the, the same idea. Life. Yeah, but then I, it's almost like the same thing. I kind of graduated from that, and other things helped heal me, and I don't take that anymore. But it is an interesting concept. Like, would you say that that's kind of a lifelong thing that you would do, or do you think that you would? kind of take a break from liver or is it more of like that's just the way that our ancestors have done it forever throughout their lives yeah if you look at you know cultures throughout history before the modernization of food uh that we're living in now we really honored the animals we consumed and, and used every aspect of it right nothing went to waste 
And in fact, the organ meat is was always prized as the best, right? And so that went, you know, first. That was the thing everybody coveted. And you talked about your your own culture consuming the tongue and the liver and things like that. You know, the the thyroid, the thymus, the heart, the lungs. All of these organs are the most you know potent, energetic rich nutrient dense aspects of the animal and the the muscle meat the flesh that we you know have like steaks and burgers and things like that that's it, you know it's certainly potent as well but nowhere near what something like the organ meat is going to be so historically you know hundreds thousands of years ago we were eating nose to tail using every aspect of the animal in in a more sacred way and of course those were really you know, wild animals to an extent and much healthier than a lot of the conventional animals that we're consuming today that are fed GMO grains and kept in terrible conditions and live a terrible life with antibiotics and hormones pumped into them, things like that. So yeah, when you're talking about consuming animal anything, you want to make sure it's really well sourced. And 90% um, of the meat in the marketplace is, is not well sourced, it's conventional. And so that's when you're going to see meat becoming an unhealthy thing for some people because the animal is not healthy. It's not that meat as a concept is bad. It's, it's that the animals and the way we're raising them, the conditions they're in, they're not healthy beings. And then we consume this unhealthy thing and, and it, it, it's not good for us. So, you know, regenerative, well-sourced, grass-fed, grass-finished, organic animal products, especially when it comes to the organs like thyroid, like you mentioned, and, and liver and all these, you, you have to make sure it comes from a really good place. I completely agree. And I've seen a lot of um, grass fed meats come onto the marketplace that aren't organic. And I always just kind of question that too, even though it's so great to be aware and want to do grass fed. Um, I think going, making sure it's grass fed, grass finished, like you said, and organic because like Roundup and glyphosate, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Like you said, you want to make sure that it's something that you're consuming that's going to support your body. And if that's what the animal's eating, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure about that. I've just noticed, obviously, that, you know, there are bigger companies that are now offering grass fed things. And I'm always questioning it because I'm like, do I trust that company that bought that out? And that but it's still not organic. So yeah, obviously, if it's like a small farm, and they can't afford the organic certification, like it's a different story than like this huge conglomerate that's just preying on what people are into at the moment. And so I'm curious where you source your meat from. Because um, there are a lot of great companies out there now. Yeah, there are. Um, so I live two blocks from Erewhon here in LA. So I just have that conveniently located to me and Erewhon always sources everything really well. So I buy my meat from Erewhon directly, but obviously not everybody lives in LA or goes to Erewhon. So for a lot of my patients, you know, I work with patients across the country and I always want to be able to provide them resources um, to access high quality meat and fish and produce and all these things that I recommend people consume. So you can go online um, and, and, and look up, you know, uh, grass fed, grass finished, meat delivery, something like that. There's, there's things like wild pastures is, is a good source I recommend. And uh, butcher's box has, has uh, a lot of these options as well, but there's, there's a lot out there actually. And some small independent farms as well going to your, local farmers market and meeting with butchers there and asking them about their um, practices. Apricot Lane, I really like. I went and visited them. They're like an hour outside of LA. They're 
they're doing regenerative farming at the highest level and they do sell some um, meat as well. Uh, but there, there's dozens of, of places online. If you just, you know, look into it and, and see maybe what's close to you or what appeals to you. Like I said, Wild Pastures, Butcher Box, a few other places. Um, just Google grass-fed, grass-finished, regenerative farming meat, right? And then, and then there should be several options that come back. So having it delivered, you can store meat in your freezer for like a year, you know? So you can have however much you want delivered at a time and then have it in your, in your fridge and your freezer for, for the long term. Uh, so you don't have to have, you know, a local butcher even. And, and if you do, that's great, right? If you find a butcher that, ha that checks all these boxes, grass-fed, grass-finished, organic, regenerative farming, that's all great. That's great. Support your local butcher. But if you don't have that, yeah, use these online resources and just have stuff delivered at this point. Taking a moment to talk about water because the water you drink is so important. There's so many filters and different types of water on the market today, but I wanted to share with you my personal favorite, Alive Water. Alive Water offers the only solution for unprocessed spring water delivery in beautiful, reusable glass vessels. In addition to having great taste and all the essential minerals and electrolytes we need to thrive, their water also has probiotics that are unique to raw spring water. Their support team is super friendly and they make coordinating deliveries convenient with text to confirm your next delivery. Listeners can get 30% off their first Alive Water order using code THEFULLEST at checkout. I'm so excited to talk to you about Healthy Line. It's a brand I absolutely love and trust and they're offering 10% off Fullest podcast listeners and free shipping if you use code THEFULLEST at checkout. If you haven't heard of Healthy Line, they have totally revolutionized heat therapy. They use PEMF mats and far infrared mats that are designed to improve your health and wellness using natural gemstone heat therapy. Their nature inspired medical devices will really help you on your motherhood journey as well if you're a mom because having kids can really drain you. They have so much energy, they're so wonderful, but keeping up with them is so difficult. So if you're a mom that needs a little bit of an extra boost throughout the week and and you don't want to rely on just coffee or matcha for that, I would definitely invest in this. You can even get just a small mat. You get 20 to 40 minutes, maybe a few times a week on the mat, or you can even sleep on it. It's totally safe to sleep on, and you get that extra boost in energy to help keep up with life because there's so much that we're bombarded with throughout the day, and stress is a huge part of chronic illness. And if you're able to calm your nervous system to really get to a place of relaxation and recouping, then you're really able to get ahead of so many of the symptoms of disease that we all experience, whether that's something you're dealing with that's an autoimmune condition, your postpartum, you're working on your fertility, you really just want to be really great in terms of fitness and recovery from a workout, whatever it is that you're working on, laying on a PEMF mat is totally going to regulate you. And it's something that I really believe in. This is how I get in my heat therapy. So I'm so excited that you guys get 10% off anything on their website, including free shipping. Just use code THEFULLEST at checkout and you'll get that discount. Yeah, there's so many subscription companies, which is awesome, or just farms that are um, 
that are shipping out, which is really, really great. And I always think about like, what did people do before the internet? How did they source (laughs) this stuff? Like I would probably have gone to like an Amish farm and looked for what they have. And there are some Amish farms that do offer um, online, like really great butter, raw butters, raw milk, raw, um, all this meat that you're talking about and um, have similar ideas about health, obviously, than us as well. So that's really great. And I'm always wondering if there's any like subscription box that you, you know, recommend. So wild pasture sounds great. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And butcher box too. And and, um, Parker pastures, crowd cow, um, five bar beef. These are, these are some of the uh, websites that I refer my patients to, to consider and do your own research and find, find what works for you. Those are the ones I've looked into that, that look good to me. And like I said, just make sure it checks all those boxes, uh, grass fed, grass finished, right? So you, you talked earlier for a moment about all these bigger companies offering grass fed meat. And you're kind of like, is it though? And so that's an interesting thing to highlight. You're, you're, you're smart to bring that up because uh, just because it's grass-fed, pretty much all all animals are, are or cows, for for instance, are grass-fed, right? Um, at some point in their life. So if if at any point it, it grazes in the grass and eats it, you can say it was grass-fed, technically. Wow. But yeah, so the trick is, is it grass-finished? That's kind of mm-hmm. the more important one these days, because a lot of places will you know let their cows graze, and then before slaughter they'll fatten them up with those grains, GMO, mm-hmm. corn, that cows were never meant to eat. It's inflammatory to them and it makes no sense that they consume it. But what happens is it fattens them up and it creates a greater yield, right? So they make more money when they slaughter the cow. So if you finish that cow with all these grains, it becomes this unhealthy inflammatory animal. Uh, you kill it, you process it, and then you say it was grass fed, but it was still given all that stuff at the end of its life that made it kind of unhealthy. So look for not only grass fed, but grass finished as well. What about pasture? Yeah. That doesn't kind of, does that mean the whole time it was on pasture or is that kind of the same idea? I think you could potentially say it was the same idea. Um, I don't know the specific laws and regulations. Uh, I can't say exactly. I do know that when it comes to a lot of this marketing stuff, there are words that just are vague, that sound nice, like natural. Like anytime you see the word natural, that doesn't yeah. mean anything. Uh, yeah. It could be uh, you know, full of chemicals and you could say natural. So if it says natural beef or something, that, that means nothing. That's just marketing. Um, I, I do know if it says grass finished, it has to be all grass start to finish. And a lot of the brands I, I you know mentioned earlier, they make a big deal about telling you this. If, if the whoever you're buying from isn't making a big deal about highlighting this is like, uh, you know, grass fed, grass finished, start, you know, start to finish, um, organic pasture raised animal. And they've got a whole story. Like you make money from that. So they market that, right? If they're not saying all that, it probably isn't. So if it says pastured, right, that means the animal could have just been out in the pasture for a few weeks of its life, you know, and That's then they've like, so wild. Brought, yeah. right. But yeah, right. Maybe brought it back in and then gave it all the grains before they, they slaughtered it. Right. So I don't know if I trust just the word pastured, um, but I'm not clear on the, on the legality of that word either. I haven't researched it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good to know. Cause I think like some organic Valley, I think says like pasture raised and I never, cause I know the grass finished thing, but then when they're not talking about grass fed or grass finished, I don't think about it, you know? So then I 
I'm like, oh, okay, pasture raised. Okay. But then it's the same concept. So it's good to think about. And obviously like we're talking about these concepts and some people are like, what is going on over here? But I, it's so important. And, um, my husband and I, you know, this is really something that we live by and it's an important aspect of our family and how we are feeding our children as well. And so this is somewhere where we do prioritize our paycheck goes because that's important to us and health is number one. And so, especially because we have little children who have a genetic condition and it's super, super important that they just get the best of the best and the least toxins that go in their body. So we're like really all about it. But recently we started really paying attention to where every single dollar goes. And that's why I asked you about the box, because I think it's really interesting, even if you have access to Air One, because I used to live in Venice and I am in Orange County, so I'm not far. I drive up all the time to Air One and I get a lot of the good meats and we have great places here in Orange County too. But what we were like thinking about doing was signing up for a couple subscription boxes and one that's like going to be our a seafood and one that's going to be like the meat company that we use and that we trust. And then really being like, okay, this is how much we spend on meat and what they send us. We make this and it, then we know how much to budget towards that too. Cause I think a lot of times as you know, people that are really used to convenience culture, like it's really easy to be like, okay, I'm super all about my food and what goes in my body, but I'm also like right next to air one or right next to these places. I'm just going to pop in and every night, like buy this from the grocery store, get this from the farmer's market, and it can add up. So like anyone who's listening, who's just kind of starting in and trying to figure out how to like get really, really clear on these concepts, like I think a great opportunity is to utilize those subscription boxes um, as a way to kind of manage it in a way where you know, it's going to come from a great supplier, but you also know how much you're going to spend per month on it, maybe. Um, so that's just one suggestion because I'm all about like budgeting this year, especially with, you know, inflation in the economy. I feel like it's crazy because you want to be able to make sure that you're still taking care of yourself, right? Absolutely, right? And and health, in my view, of course, is the biggest investment. It's what my whole path in life is is devoted to. That's not everybody's priority, right? But um, it sounds like it is for you and your children and your family, and it is for me. And yeah, these services uh, are great. Like so, so Wild Pasture, for for example, just to highlight that one, they do offer 100% grass fed and grass finished beef from regenerative farms. Same with pa they offer pasture raised chicken, pasture raised pork, and wild caught seafood. So uh, you could, and they do boxes like you were talking about. So you could get everything. You could you know, put together your whole order and have it delivered with, with all these things and keep the stuff in your freezer for weeks at a time and, and cook with it. And it's probably going to be really, really well priced and uh, certainly convenient. So yeah, this is a really, really good option if you're interested in, you know, because your health starts with what you're eating, you know, it's not just doing a, a juice cleanse one, one week per year in January, <laughs> and then just being, you yeah. know, <laughs> Oh, yeah, off tilt the rest of the year, right? So um, if you can, it, and the biggest thing is people don't know what to do for food, right? Everyone's like, there's so much out, out there, right? There's so much information, yeah. like be vegan, be carnivore, do this, yeah. do that. 
uh, and people just get like, wow, it's just overwhelmed, too much information and everyone's so adamant their way is the right way. My perspective is somewhere in the middle. I land in the paleo world, which is between vegan and carnivore and includes both, right? So plants yeah. and, and animals. And that's the way for 99% of human history, we've, we've consumed food. So we're genetically wired for that, right? Plants are important. You know, I don't agree with the carnivore perspective that like, uh, you know, oxalates and phytic acid and all those things and lectins are like the death of us yeah. and to be avoided. I, I think, sure, in some cases, but generally speaking, the pros outweigh the cons, the phytochemicals, compounds, antioxidants, all these things in, in plants and, and fiber for, you know, especially um, vegetables. We, we need vegetables in some amount. And then uh, we also need animal proteins in some amount. I, 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 I know there's a small percentage of people who are vegan who can, who can really sustain that for decades and be be vibrant and, and optimal, but uh, most can't, it's hard to do that. And, you know, some amount of animal protein bioavailable uh, with all these nutrients that are hard to get from plant sources, especially in a bioavailable way, vitamin A, uh, B12, copper, zinc, selenium, other, other nutrients as well. So some blend of the two, right? And if you can just keep it simple, meat, fish, poultry, vegetable, fruit, nuts, and seeds. If that's your, the primary foods you're eating, you're, you're doing it right. I love that. You talked about copper for a second. So, um, are you getting copper then from your meat? Yeah, I, I eat animal protein, you know, all the time, pretty much every day. Uh, I also consume beef liver a few times a month if not more, I listen to my body, you know, if I'm uh, feeling run down and, and kind of deficient, I'll consume some beef liver and it, it has all those things, including copper in a really uh, high amount. So you can get copper from other places. If you're like, I don't want to eat red meat. Some people don't. Uh, clams actually have the highest level of copper. So uh, oh. you can, yeah, yeah. And you can, they're actually not bad. I bought these smoked, <laughs> smoked clams in a can, which doesn't sound appealing, but they're like, you know, wild caught and like really well sourced and super convenient because you can like put them in your pantry for a year and they're still they're still good because they're canned, right? And they're the yeah. highest source of copper. So you have to start thinking not, not so much about the calories in foods, but the nutrients in foods and like, okay, what food that I spend my time and money on eating will give me the most nutrients and like, you know, shellfish, like clams, oysters, mussels, those are at the top of the list uh, right behind organ meats like beef liver. Interesting. So they're like the organ meats of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's, I love that. I love that. That's a, totally the way I'm going to say it now going forward. The organ meats of the ocean. I love that. Yeah. Tell us more about that. Are they harder to find? Like, how does it work? I mean, I don't know if you know this, but like you were saying in the animal world, let's say, you know, not our ancestors, but even animals. I, I've watched a lot of, um, I don't really watch TV, but if I watch something with my kids, instead of like, a cartoon or something. We watch a lot of these like earth national park, like types of shows. So I've seen a lot of that where we watch animals and their element and they do, like you were just saying, consume the organ meats first and some of them leave and then they leave the rest for like the lower class of their kingdom or whatever. Right. So yeah. I wonder if that's kind of how it works in the ocean. Cause I never see or think about that. Like who consumes those types of who consumes clams? Like who can get that out of there? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I don't know the food chain of the ocean that well to answer that, but you're, you're totally right. Um, if, you watch, if you look in nature uh, and, and certainly in indigenous cultures and historically ancestral cultures, 
all like I said before, always you know prized the the organs first and and that was like what people coveted and they would you know throw the flesh you know the steaks that we eat now the muscle meat kind of to the dogs you know to to feed them because it's there's certainly a lot in there that's useful but like i said you know the organs have like 10 times the amount of nutrients so just in terms of bang for your buck you want to eat the least amount of food possible with the most nutritional density right and we're the opposite in in the west we eat massive caloric intake with absolute you know barrenness in terms of, of nutritional density like we're eating all this empty food right and it's giving us tons of calories and we're we're getting bigger and, and fatter and you know obesity is skyrocketing because we're just eating more and more food and getting less and less from it and that that's a bigger topic like where, why is that um, certainly food is ultra processed highly processed which which degrades a lot of the nutritional value but then you know the soils are deficient as well right a lot of the soils we're growing these foods in are it's basically dirt it's no longer soil and where does the nutritional, where do the nutrients come from? They come from the soil in, in the first place. So uh, that's why regenerative farms are great. They're putting nutrients back in the soil. They're bringing, they're kind of rehabbing the soils back to, back to health and then growing their, their food uh, in those soils and allowing the animals to graze from those grasses that have more nutrients in them as well. So we really need to shift farming practices away from this conventional agriculture that's destroying the planet and, and the soil and go towards this regenerative approach where there's you know a, a whole ecosystem being reborn so if you want to you know see what that looks like there's this great documentary called the biggest little farm and it's about the farm that i went to that i just mentioned earlier apricot lane an hour north of uh, los angeles and it's it's the seven-year story of, of these people from santa monica this couple who just decided to change their life and go uh, start a farm, a regenerative farm in, in uh, north of LA. And they transformed this barren desert wasteland of dirt to this, like, it looks like a Garden of Eden now. It's the most beautiful documentary. I really recommend checking it out. I love that documentary so much. And I, I've also been to Apricot Lane Farms and volunteered there. And it really did change my perspective on everything too, because like when you go there, it doesn't smell like a farm either. Like everything just kind of works in the ecosystem. And I felt like obviously it's a farm, so it's going to have all the elements of a farm, but it's still, for me, the types of regenerative farms that I spent time on, it's not like that unbearable smell when you're driving up the five and you're passing these factory farms and you're just like, get me out of here. It's nothing like that. It's so crazy when you're actually farming with nature and you're working with nature to create this ecosystem than the way that, um, like you said, 90% of farms are here in the United States, which is like so opposite of the way it should be. Totally. Yeah. And that's like one way that I always like notice that it's a legit farm. I've spent some time up North in Vacaville at Be Love Farm too. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're another regenerative farm who are like the the Cafe Gratitude family. Their sons, Ryland Inglehart started Kiss the Ground, which is another platform that really focuses on sharing about regenerative agriculture and how it could really solve the climate problem. And I, I just get so inspired when I hear about other companies that are, you know, starting to get on the bandwagon. And I have heard, like I did, you know, I don't want to poo poo companies, like hopefully when they are 
these big companies when they are like making these claims, hopefully it is like causing them to need to shift the way they do run their business and or they are thinking differently. A lot of times I'm just like super weary when it, but at the same time, it is really cool to hear from them, you know, like General Mills is starting to look into what it looks like if they start to incorporate regenerative farming practices, because it does save them money in the long run. Um, on like not spending so much money on the chemicals and you might have higher yield. So there is like really great opportunity there. And so when you're choosing to eat this way, like Dr. Ryan Monahan says, it not only is helping support our body, but it also is supporting our environment. And it like goes so much farther than just our bodies, because we're also saying like, we're not going to support that. And that's going to make a huge impact in the long run for the next generation when it comes to taking care of our planet and, and hopefully living on it longer term too. But I think it's, um, what I love talking to you about today is just this idea that we can get these nutrients from nature and it doesn't have to be a synthetic supplement. And obviously I think that does have a time and a place, but I used to be someone who supplemented with that sort of um, thing, you know, different vitamins often, and they weren't necessarily um, whole food-based vitamins. They were just derived and isolated. And I think that when you get to this idea of like, you change your perspective on all that and it's like, oh, I can go outside and get, hopefully I can go outside and get vitamin D from the sun. Obviously that's not necessarily available to everyone if you have super low vitamin D and you don't live in Southern California, right? But maybe there are people who can make that perspective shift on different things, or like you said, get um, some of these nutrients from whether it's beef liver or the organ meats of the ocean. And that's really cool to get it because it's, it is more bioavailable. And that is really exciting to think about because then it makes the whole supplement conversation so different too, because it's something that like you said, they our ancestors didn't have to worry about because the nutrients in the soil were so great, and that's why their gut health was so good. And maybe detoxing, to, you know, wasn't an issue at that time, and obesity wasn't an issue, and we didn't need to spend so much on health insurance, and it just goes on and on. So I think it's important to have these conversations and share that we have what we need if we just kind of you know reprioritize things. And I guess like for my last question mentioned this before about how maybe it's not even like how much of something you can put in your body, but also consider what to not put in your body. Because as a society, we've normalized so many things that are really just poisoning the organs in our body that we just want to function properly. And like you said, if we did less of that, then it'd be great for me. That's like alcohol is number one. I really think that like just not drinking is so great. So I'm curious. And then, yeah, like not doing it for just January, but like really incorporating this idea of not drinking into your life and like being sober and actually coping differently when you are stressed. But I am curious what you would leave our audience with just one piece of advice on like what health adjustment to make in their lives. Well, I completely agree with regard to alcohol. I, I think that is something that is so deeply ingrained. We don't think twice about it. It's so common. 
Um, but all evidence points to, and there's a great study a few years ago in the Lancet 2018 that, you know, I think it's titled roughly, this is a paraphrase, but roughly like no level of alcohol is safe, you know? So alcohol is inherently a toxin to the body. It's, it's really bad for you on every level. Um, there's nothing beneficial about it, but almost everybody drinks. And I think the best place to really, if, if you really wanted to transform your health, you have to start with some basic things if you want to go, you know, on this journey. Uh, and and at the top of that list, if you drink alcohol, especially regularly, would be stopping drinking alcohol. And that's like a, a shocking thing for a lot of people because it transforms their life. But that's kind of the point, you know. Um, a lot of people will say, I don't have, you know, everything I do <laughs> revolves around alcohol. I used to live in New York and like everything everything revolves around alcohol there in a lot of places. So um, it, it, if you take oh, alcohol like <laughs> out of your life, what does your life look like? It's going to look different. Your, your social life will change, your habits, routines. Uh, the way you spend your time, the places you go, the things you do, all of that will change. But that's kind of the point if you're going on this journey to transform your life. You, you have to make change to get change. And you can't simply keep doing all the same stuff and expect things to be different. So, um, you know, I, I stopped drinking like 17 years ago. And that was at the beginning of my own health journey. And that, that was absolutely foundational and critical. Like you, you can't, it, it, you can't really seriously, you know, go deep into your health if you're still consuming things that are toxic to your body all the time. And alcohol is at the top of that list. Uh, other things on that list would be things like sugar and gluten, grains, dairy, vegetable oils, processed food, all those things, you need to start taking them out of your life. Those are the things that are polluting your body and causing inflammation and, and sickness and, and making it hard to be healthy consuming a nutrient-dense diet, right? The things we talked about, meat, fish, poultry, vegetables, fruit, nuts, and seeds, optimizing your sleep, right? Like that's when your body does most of its detox from especially 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. in Eastern energetics. That's when your liver and gallbladder are most active. That's when the deep detoxification takes place. If you're not asleep and, and in a good state of rest, you're not gonna detox um, setting boundaries in your life, personal and work life, exercising, building community, um, finding balance, listening to your body, knowing your limits, all of those things. But yeah, at the, at the top of the list, it's stop doing the things that are causing the problem. Stop consuming things that are, are poisonous and, and toxic to you and, and see where that takes you. It'll lead you down a new path. I completely agree. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a pleasure to have you on and I'm looking forward to us chatting again soon. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.